Hi guys, welcome back to the original Judo podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Got a, well, I'm very excited about today's interview. Um, I get to be, I guess, a fan. So absolutely delighted um, to be joined by, I guess, one of the stars of certainly British Judo, World Judo um, at the moment. It's uh, world number one. Lucy Renshaw. Lucy, thank you so much for joining the show. How are you? My pleasure. I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Excellent. Um, so you have recently, the last six weeks, eight weeks, been crowned world number one. Uh, I want to start out basically not there, but how did you get to that point? What's your background in judo? So I started judo when I was eight years old. Um, Peter Blood came into my primary school to do some like taster sessions and I just fell in love with it. I was really sporty when I was younger. Um, and I always used to say, even before starting doing judo, I said like, when I'm older, I want to go to the Olympics. Well, I didn't know what in, I just wanted to go to the Olympics. So yeah, when Pete came into my primary school, I just fell in love with judo completely. And then he invited me to the judo club, SKK judo club, which was like yeah. a 15 minute drive from my parents' house. So that's where I started. And that's where I like fell in love with the sport. Amazing. And you, you now compete in the under 63 kilo category. Um, mm -hmm. You have been part of the British judo performance setup since 2013. Yeah. Is that right. Yeah. So yeah. two Olympic cycles. This is your third Olympic cycle now. Um, during that, during that time, there's been, I guess, an incredible amount of competition domestically. 63 kilos has been absolutely crazy for the for the depth of talent with the likes of yourself alice uh, amy livesey lulu um i think at one point all four of you were world top 20 and during that time you established yourself as the number one and you ended up in uh tokyo how how was the tokyo olympics so first of all like i think having the girls as your like sort of rivals, but you're on the same team. It's actually a really good thing. Like I see it as a really positive thing because you like every day you do have to train as hard as you can because you've got someone pushing you or you're chasing someone. Um, so you can't ever really have any down days where you're thinking, oh, like I'll just go easy today. You've always got motivation to train like 10 out of 10 max because you've not just got to um, perform for yourself you've got to perform to be number one in great britain which is really hard so i think it is definitely a good thing and going to tokyo was like it was a dream come true for me like i like years before we didn't know who was going to go we was all competing in the competitions we had to like split the competitions evenly so we all got a chance and then yeah four of us qualified for um the world masters which was an insane thing for British Judo, having four top athletes qualifying. So getting to Tokyo, it was like, it was a not a relief, but I was really happy. Like I knew I'd fought really hard to get there. Obviously, the the result in Tokyo maybe didn't go the way you wanted. Um, mm -hmm. But did you get a sense of maybe achieving that childhood dream the one you've literally just mentioned two minutes ago. Did was it was it exciting to be a part of that? Or was it different? Because again, now you're so much further along the path pathway. You you are where you are, the level you're at. Were you 
were you able to be excited or were you looking for yeah that next step that that the the next level basically the medal I think when I got the initial announcement that I had or I knew that I'd qualified for the games and I was definitely going I think like that hits so many um, good feelings and I celebrated with my family and friends everyone was super excited and I think because 63s was one of the last ones to mm-hmm. find out who was going um, I was always on edge and then when I, f- I finally found out I was going it was like I'd I'd reached a goal that I always wanted to get to but then still in the back of my head I had another goal and that was to get an Olympic medal like I hit one goal tick that box but I now wanted to get an Olympic medal so going to the Olympics and not getting an Olympic medal it was it was devastating for me but then now when I can reflect on it and look back it was a, an amazing experience like from just getting all the kit and having all the media day and then just walking out to the the Olympic mat it was like it's all insane like it's I feel like I'm really privileged to be able to say I've gone to the Olympics no I I love that um looking looking back again sorry I jump back and forth literally like what's on the top of my head there's no real there's no real uh, (laughs) style to this um you, you talked a minute ago about how beneficial it was to have those other girls kind of pushing you through those cycles um for a lot of that period you were training in the same place. Like, how is that? Is it, does that add pressure or tension or is it, is it just about managing those relationships? Yeah, I think one thing that's really important and it was really good for us all training together is we can train hard on the mat, just like I do with anyone from any weight. Like when we are doing Randorian, when we're fighting, we're, we're professional and we fight our hardest. And then as long as when we come off the mat, we can put that aside and just be, normal people just talk normal and just off the mat we're not rivals on the mat we're rivals but I think it's the same like if I was fighting someone at 70s or 57s I'm gonna fight them the hardest too but um sometimes it was when selections come out it wasn't nice for some people so I think just having that um bottom line respect for each other um, and understanding how each other felt that was really important no I love that and again we're going into this new um Olympic cycle, uh, you mm-hmm. have found yourself as world number one, and then yeah. all of a sudden there is a new kind of rival on the scene. Uh, Gemma yeah. Howell obviously wins recent European championships. Like, uh, do, do you find that having that domestic rivalry is it important for you to like keep pushing to reach that next level? Or would you yeah, like- 100%. Like, I think it would be easy for me to um, not sit back because I I think I always put my 100% effort in, but it's so much better, I find, to have someone there, like, on your level, next to your training day in day out because you're always going to turn up you're always going to train hard and I I think for me personally I love having that um it's not just a competition in the like for the world it's the competition to get to the competitions and I think for me if I go to the competitions and get selected as the top 63 I already know I'm good enough to get a medal at them competitions because um, there's people like like Gemma's an amazing fighter and she's such a good judo player. So I think it's I think it's really good to have. Love that. Um, like globally as well, sixty three kilos has been, I guess, uh, one of the showpiece categories, blue ribbon categories for a long time, <laughs> and I, I think uh, possibly that's to do with the the two women who have sat 
like quite firmly at the top of the category yeah. you've the likes of Thurston Yak the, the obviously uh Clarice um but kind of in that consistently like in that number three spot you've also had Toshiru you went into Tokyo without um a seeding okay you came up against Toshiru in in that first round now what are your thoughts when you see that draw and then like how important I guess I'm jumping straight into the next question how important is it to go into an Olympics or go into your next Olympics Paris with a seeding as high as possible with a top four so it's it's vital I think and I think the statistics also show in the female judo seeds do get the medals or a high percentage of the seeds do get the medals so Going into Tokyo and getting my draw, I never put myself down. So I never think, oh, they're going to beat me or they're better than me because the highest higher ranked. I 100% thought I could beat um, the Japanese girl that day, but I knew I had a tough draw. I would, I didn't just sit back and like, this is going to be easy. She, she's a world-class player. Um, I knew I had to give it my all. And that was the most important thing for me uh, is... I didn't doubt myself. Like I thought in my head that I could win on that day and it didn't happen, but I knew that I'd give absolutely everything. Um, So initially I was devastated, but then looking back, I knew I didn't have anything more to give. So it was meant to be. But I think that was the only downfall of the 63 situation because there was four of us um, going for the Tokyo cycle we couldn't do as many events as we would like to because obviously it had to be split four ways. Mm-hmm. So I was only doing half the events that some weights was doing. So it was, you couldn't get them ranking points. It was hard for any of us to be top eight seeded because we wasn't doing that many events actually. So I think coming out of Tokyo, um, when I'm sat down with Jamie and talking, that's a forever goal for us. Like being top eight, being seeded at all these events is is a crucial thing no i love that and some of those players have like maybe those three have perhaps stepped away a little bit from the from the sport since um tokyo obviously uh clarice is having time away uh with family um tersten yak we've seen uh coaching a couple of events i don't think she's said she's retiring but yeah i think the indications there and I, i think the clarice is intending to come back it's a it's a paris olympics um i know toshiru's uh, well certainly the japanese team have competed to a lesser degree we saw nabakura at 63s fighting at the weekends like yeah. is this a, a chance to maybe like establish yourself uh, or the certainly next generation of 63 kilos to establish themselves as the the top athletes in the category yeah, I think most definitely. I, I knew coming out of the Tokyo Olympics, going into competitions, there'd be a few people retiring or, like you said, stepping back for different personal reasons. And I knew that that this was my chance to go give it all and just see how high I could actually get um, without those people there. And I think where I am now, I'm in a position where the world, world-class fighters, and I've fought them a few times, Um but I'd like to see that now if they came back and I thought that maybe I could give a much better fight and even win. So um, I think it's definitely a good thing for me what I've done after the Tokyo Olympics is I've been really consistent in fighting um, and doing as many competitions as I can. And I got some good results from that. You, you win Antalya 
earlier this year for yeah. the second time and yeah. is having never been in this ballpark is being like announced as the world number one is that is that a big thing for you or are you already looking at things like the worlds the olympics the, yeah, the commies whatever that might be is so you're conscious I- of yeah, 100%. So we're always looking at the ranking list um, and we always have goals because like we were talking about, you have not you don't have to be, but to be top eight, you're going to be seeded going into competitions, like 100%. So and it, I think being seeded is really important. Like just for me, um, it sort of maybe guarantees you're not going to be on early when you get to the competition. There's a few things that you don't even think about where it does actually help you. So... I think it is important and I am happy to be world number one. It was a goal of mine. So um, on when me and Jamie sit down and have goals, obviously a world medal would be one of my goals. It would be great. But also to be top eight and stay in that top eight was a big goal of mine. So I th- I was in Germany when it got an, um, the ranking list changed and I got a text off Natalie to say, oh, congratulations. Yeah. And I didn't even realise because I was about to go on to a session and I had really bad signal and then it come out. And I think it was really nice at that time because the girls that we were with in Germany, they was absolutely over the moon for me and oh, Jamie amazing. and Jamie and yeah. And Jamie and Nigel, uh, Jamie and Simon, sorry, they were super happy for me. And I think it just... It was just really nice for me and really nice for the team because I think for the girls that I'm training with as well, if I can do it and they're training with me and we're all training together every single day, why can't we have two, three, four number one in like world number ones? No, of of course. And I I think British judo, like the the women's side of British judo have been so strong for so long now. Um, Yeah, yeah, fantastic to see you kind of reaching that level. And I think you're our first world number one since like 2017 it might have been natalie who was the last yeah it was natalie was in 2017 so that's why i was i was happy it came from natalie because it's Amazing. like oh we share a moment <laughs> that's really cool um stepping back from that uh what was tokyo like you went to you went to rio as a was it as, as a training partner or was it as yeah. part of the youth yeah. system i can't remember what it's called it's terrible yeah i trained i was a training partner yeah what is it was it comparable like going from obviously a different perspective um were they comparable events bearing in mind that you know i think it's easy to forget that tokyo was a year delayed because of covid there were no fans in the stadium what was that like so i think first of all going to rio it's it's a really good idea what british you know do to take training partners to um, an olympics because I got to see the village. I got to see, I got to see everything that the athlete, we didn't stay in the village, but I got to go in there, I got to visit, I got to go to the training venues, the competition venues, and be on like the Olympic mat and just see everything. So I think for me seeing that, it it made sure like to me, that's what I want to do. Like, I don't want to just be here for a training partner. I want to fight in these Olympics. So I think going back home, that really pushed me, that really motivated me to work really hard and get there. And I think then going into Tokyo, I'd already been to the Olympics, not for, but I'd seen the, like, I'd seen all the big venues, I'd seen the big village. So that wasn't like a shock to me and a take back, more like I got to enjoy it and just 
just seeing everything. It was a little bit different for us because um, me and Chelsea had to fly out separately because of COVID and a training partner's got COVID just before. So we, I didn't actually sleep in the Olympic Village. I slept in a hotel um, just outside. So, but I still got to enjoy the experience of, I could go in the village every single day. I got to see the rooms where I would be sleeping and stuff. So the experience of the whole Olympics was just, it was just insane. It was amazing. How, how does that affect your, your prep for the day? Cause I think a lot of the time um, we have this image as you're going along the journey that the Olympics is going to be the most incredible event and it's all going to be right on that day. And the reality yeah. is it ends up being not just another competition, but it's not perfect. It ends up with all these little things. Like you have to stay in a hotel somewhere else, like um, whatever it might be, like little things crop up. Was that a surprise that it wasn't perfect? Or was that something you like were kind of aware of? So I think going into any competition anywhere, it's always the unknown. You're going into a different country, you're having different foods and just stuff like this. So I think judo's really good for that because we travel so much and sometimes we go to places and the hotel is amazing the food's the best and we go to other places and it's just not it's like the worst so I think we're really we're, we're really adaptable to things like that so going into Tokyo it it was it was different and but I think to be honest if you're staying in the hotel and staying out of the village really did help me because it wasn't like I wasn't in this big bubble where all the athletes were walking around me because I was. It was just like any other competition. Yeah. Me being outside the village. Just on touching on what you said there, what was your what's your least favorite trip? What's 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 been one that you've gone? Oh, oh god, I hated that. I think Uzbekistan was quite bad because the food was terrible. There. <laughs> But also Mongolia. I went Mongolia when I was younger. So like, I think I was a bit more fussier with foods and stuff uh, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And it just was not great. I think after that, trip, I thought, yeah, I thought I'm going to have to eat more things and be adventurous a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That's brilliant. Um, so we come out of Tokyo. Are you someone who's jumped straight back into training to take a bit of time away from the sport? Um, how do so, you get back into Paris? How do you get yourself motivated for that? So more or less after Tokyo, I had, I think around three weeks off. I went on holiday with my family. Um, I spent some time at home and seeing my friends and stuff. Um, because I think you underestimate how much spare time you actually have when you do judo. Um, you can't just go and see your friends and do things. So I did enjoy some downtime. But I knew going into the Olympics and just before the Olympics, so in Antalya, I felt probably the best I've ever felt. I felt my strongest, my fittest, and my judo was really coming together. Like I felt, I felt all round quite good. So I didn't after the Olympic Games. I didn't want to just stop. And like I felt like if I would just stop completely, all that training that I've put in going up to the Olympics, it would just be wasted. I'd have to start back from scratch more or less. So. Um, speaking with Jamie he told me a date to come back and we both agreed that I was ready and it was good for me just to get straight back into get straight back into training I had about six weeks hard training after my break and then it was the competitions were starting again okay no I love that it's um 
it's it's a really funny cycle. Do you think had it been like a four year cycle instead of this three year cycle, would you have had more time away? Or again, do you think you'd have felt the place you were in, you know, it would yeah. be important to carry that on? Yeah, no, I think if I if it was a four year cycle still, I think I still would have wanted to come back because I felt I felt like I had I had more like I had more than losing on the other day of the Olympics. I felt like I could give more. I, I give it my all in the fight, but I knew I had I wasn't just gonna go to competitions and go out first fight. I was confident yeah. in myself. So I think I just wanted to go out there, compete again and just know what level that I was at. No, I love that. I was listening to a, another podcast you were on earlier today and I noted that one of the things you said was that as a team, you opted not to go to the, the opening ceremony. Yeah. Um, like what, what inspired that? What was the reasoning behind that? So I think it was agreed as a team because Ashley was weighing in or fighting the next day. So just be as one team and um, it was a really late night. So I think the opening ceremony took hours and hours and people was only getting back at early hours in the morning so I think it was better for us and of course with COVID and stuff like that it was better for us as, as a team because judo is one of the first sports mm -hmm. to just we could still stay where we were staying in the hotel the TVs were set up and we could watch it all but then we could go to bed when we wanted to and prepare yeah. for the competition. Would you make the same decision for Paris or do you wait and see what the team goes with then? Yeah, for sure. I think if judo was, again, one of the first sports and it was close to the opening ceremony, then yeah. If it was later on and I had days to recover, mm -hmm. then maybe that would be a different story. But I think I'd just do the best for the team and, of course, how it would make me feel myself. Oh, no, I love that. Um, one of the other things that I know you've talked about in interviews before is your how you've felt nerves before an event. You know, sometimes you've, you've felt the impact of pressure um how do you deal with your nerves obviously it seems to like observers maybe that you know you're performing at an incredibly high level do you still do you still feel nervous yeah of course I think a lot of people say to me actually like you're so chilled and like you're so relaxed at competitions but I'm, I'm really not like in my head everything's going crazy and stuff like that but I think I've learned now to deal with the nerves so before it would make me go a bit crazy I'd be talking rubbish to everyone but now I can um put the nerves into I listen to some music and I take myself away from people um and I just try to focus about so the night before me and Jamie go for a fight plan of um of each but my first fight to start with so that's what I just think about just go over what I'm going to do how I'm going to win the contest and I think by doing that I've learned to deal with the nerves but I definitely still get nervous uh, what what are the events where you feel that more are there, or are there specific specific events where yeah there's more stress involved for you you know I thought that um, at the bigger events, I'd get more nervous. But then I fought last year at the British Championships and I was just as nervous as I was when I fought at the Olympics. Like, there was absolutely no change. It's just, I think I can't, you can't control, like, yeah. your nerves and what's happening inside. So I did think that um, the bigger the event, the more nerves, but it's not true for me. As soon as I'm competing, I'm nervous and that's it. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I've asked, I, I like to ask that question, but people consistently say that, yeah, performing certainly in front of a domestic crowd at a British Championships where um, sometimes they feel that they're being either watched or there's a little bit more to lose because you're against yeah. those domestic rivals, that it becomes a, 
a slightly more stressful thing or certainly on yeah, yeah. It becomes a bigger thing um Definitely. you've just been announced to as part of the england team for the commonwealth Games. so um congratulations um are you are you looking forward to competing i'm going with the same questions i'm gonna i'm gonna fake surprise in a second so um i was looking forward to competing at the commonwealth i think because it was in birmingham it was such a big thing and like I said, the team that's going, we're all so close. So we did the media day last week and it was it, it went amazing. Like everyone's really supportive of each other. We've got a really tight team and I really like that. But then unfortunately, um, just yesterday, I got told that I needed surgery on my shoulder. So I will be withdrawing oh, no. from the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. That, that's me that's me faking my oh no I, I, but I, I i like obviously i genuinely mean that you told me before the, the before we started yeah. um in case anyone thinks i'm being massively <laughs> harsh in my reaction so what does that mean for you what does that mean for the rest of the year so um of course it's a, a surgery and it's a it's an injury which i'm not happy about but it's only a, a minor surgery, so I will have about three months off. So I won't be able to compete at the Commonwealth and I won't be able to fight at the World Championships, um, which is really disappointing for me because when we was talking about my goals at the beginning of the year, it was to get a world medal. Um, and I'd really been focusing on getting a world medal this year and I was really looking forward to fight at the world championships mm -hmm. and I most likely would have gone into that competition seeded number one so I think my confidence would have been really high and I was really looking forward to it but I've got to understand that this happens in judo um in the Tokyo cycle when qualifications started I injured my LCL the day I was due to fly out to China to compete so um it's happened to me before i've been injured before and i've come back much stronger before um i think this injury is one where it's because it's not a major injury as soon as as soon as i've had surgery i can get back onto the mat and do some things still do judo movements and still focus on gym and conditioning so i will be back i think around october november time and then i'll be ready to compete at the world masters in december oh i love i yeah, I mean, it, it must be so disappointing to miss out on some of those events. Um, yeah. But it'd be obviously great to see you back on the mat. How how do you deal with that disappointment or like the frustration of being like sidelined? Like, what do you do to, to keep yourself on the level? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard, but I've been in this position before. Like I said, when I've previously got injured, I had two two operations in the Tokyo cycle. Um, and I got, I was having an interview earlier um, about my withdrawal from the Commonwealth Games. And I said, one thing I've took from the Tokyo cycle is you don't need to rush things. Um, and it's important to, being injured now isn't the end of the world for me. I'm going to be back at the end of the year and people have a lot bigger things going on. I mean, like I will have surgery and be back before Max is even on the mat from his ACL injury. Yeah. So um, I can't dwell on it too much. And yeah, from the Tokyo cycle, I definitely took from that, that it's not a rush. You don't have to do everything. Um, I think we wasn't doing one competition as a team and I was like, oh, why are we not doing it? It's important. But the coaches knew what was best for us. So um, definitely I was upset when I found out, but now looking at it properly, it, it just isn't the end of the world for me. And I can focus on things that 
So for example, I hate the gym. I love doing conditioning and I love fighting. I love doing randori, but me and the gym, we just, I just don't <laughs> like it. But I know it's good for me to do. Um, and I work with Lauren and she makes me a program that I can enjoy. So I think now I can set a goal in the gym to hit this, this and this, so I can be motivated still to keep training super hard so I can get back. And when I do get back, I'm in the best shape possible. Okay, no, I, I think, again, that's a great response. Um, obviously, it's so soon before the Commonwealth Games, which, you know, it's a multi-sport event. And in, in terms of the quality of judo, it's not the the biggest event in the world, yeah. But it is a really like high profile stage for judo, so I'm sure you're yeah. disappointed at that. Um, thinking on my feet because I hadn't really prepared for for this. <laughs> like, had it been an Olympic Games that you're this far out from, would yeah. your decision making be different? Would you be able to take time away? Like, is this an injury that you ha- is this a surgery you have to have now, or is it? because it's convenient to have now. I don't know if that's something you can answer. Um, yeah, so it, it was. So basically this, what had happened is I'd fell on my shoulder. So um, where your joint is protected, um, my shoulder didn't dislocate, but it came out of place. So now my joint isn't protected no more. So I think the surgeon said to me doing judo, there's an 80% chance of, of dislocation, mm-hmm. uh, which would be not very good at all for judo in the longer run so i think the doctor joe and jacob and the surgeon they come together to decide that the surgery was the best decision um, for my shoulder because i wouldn't not want to hold off and then uh, qualify for paris and my shoulder just dislocates and that's me 100 yeah, out have, so. have that same situation like now or worse yeah yeah two months, a month out, two months out um mm. 63 kilos was or probably still is was going to be one of the strongest categories at the commies you know there's there was going to be yourself and Gemma um, the Canadian girls strong or a couple of Canadian girls are stronger the Australian girls uh quite strong um so I guess uh there was going to be a question but um I'm going to change it to saying yeah disappointed that you won't be competing in that mix because again it looked like one of the more exciting categories for me um looking at your kind of like performance history who are your who's your favorite person to come up against who's your favorite person to fight in competition and then like who do you like practicing against so it was really funny when i was looking who was going to be in the commonwealth games because the canadian and the australian in the last um few competitions i've done i've fought them both two or three times um so i was thinking what's the chances of i've had you there now here and so yeah commonwealth would have been quite quite tough actually three good players in it that i knew of um but i think when i'm training abroad um i used to really enjoy having practices with clarice um like her judo insane and it was amazing um so i really liked having a practice with her she, she was always open to practice as well and she she'd fight anyone so i think she was she's a really good practice when i'm on a randori camp but obviously she's not doing randori for a bit so um i think is she someone you enjoy competing against as well 
Yes, well, yeah and no, because she's always beat me. But, yeah, I do. I think when I've fought with Clarice in the past, um, she's obviously the best in the world. She's top of the top. So I didn't feel any pressure going into fight her. It was always just, you can beat her. If you perform at your best, you can. So just sort of go for it. Just try it. Just see what happens. So I think fighting like that sometimes is actually really good. I think when you get to finals, um, in competitions you fight like that too because you obviously want that gold medal but the pressure's off because you are going to medal that day mm-hmm. so I think normally when I fight in a final I fight better I fight really good I try some new things because the pressure is off from you're going to lose who who then I guess is your favorite player to watch so oh. you talked about your favorite person to practice with, to maybe um, someone you really enjoy competing against. Who's your favorite player to watch? Maybe now, maybe when you're a bit younger. I think right now when I'm watching judo, I really enjoy watching Sanna Van Dyke fight mm-hmm. in the 70s. I think she's she's a really she's really confident when she fights. Um, I have her on social media, and she's she was in a position as well before Tokyo against a really top player as well from her country. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was in a similar position to how I was. So I think watching her fight and how confident she is going into her fights, it's like it's really good to see. And then she can throw, obviously, really good and fight everyone. And I also like watching um, Wagner. Anna Marie yeah, Wagner, yeah, yeah. she fights under seventy eight. I enjoy watching hers also. Oh, fab. Um you've talked about your your least favourite trip. Where do you like where have you uh, most enjoyed competing? Um competing hmm. or, or yeah, well, my, my- my favourite country to go to train, well, I've only been to train, is Brazil. So we've been to Belo Horizonte for a few times, yeah, a few times, I think twice or three times. And I really love it. There. Well, I actually call my dog Belo because I like Belo. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's it's such a nice place. I think obviously the weather, that's a bonus, but where we train there the training and then you walk out the door and the pools there so like I think just between training the way you can relax and it it actually does help you I think mentally to go into training have good training sessions oh no I love that that's great um knowing knowing the 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 places to go who's your favorite roommate when you're away oh Jemima so (laughs) Jemima is my training partner roommate and She's a really like my best friend. So I think having her on the team is it's really nice for me because we're just just go to to each other. <laughs> How uh, I take it when you're in the middle of an event, um, you're not getting on each other's nerves when you're back in the room. You're uh, What's that like in the room the night before you compete? So I think that's why it's really nice because me and Jemima has been going on trips since we was a cadet. So like we're, we really know each other really well now. So um, go being around someone, I think the whole team, I wouldn't mind sharing with anyone in the team, but I think just being around people that know you as a person and know like how to be around you and you can be around them. It's, it's really important because me and Jemima in a room like, we just, we know what happens. We know who puts what were, we know which bed we're having. Like <laughs> there's just no arguments and there's just no stress. So having that easy route before a competition is ideal, I think. Oh, that's really good. Like talking about like the importance of 
that kind of relationship, that long-term relationship, knowing the person, trusting the person. You've been coached, I guess, as well by Jamie and Nigel yeah. for like a huge amount of time now. So yeah. they were coaches as when you were a cadet, is that right? And then yeah, Nigel, they were the Nigel's England coaching as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, how's that had an impact on your competition? Is it because they've not followed you through, but their kind of careers have been adjacent to yours. They've, they've paralleled yeah. yours, I guess. Like, has that helped? Is that? 100%. So I think going to the centre when it opened in 2013, um, it was a total different lifestyle for me. So I was only 17, obviously moving away from home and my family. So initially when I went to the centre, I was going with Becky and Amy and Jodie, who are all from SKK as well. So that was really nice to me because I felt like I wasn't going in on something alone. But then having Jamie and Nigel there the whole time, and I think it's really important to have a relationship with your coach. And so Jamie's been my coach for, like, since I was cadet and junior, so forever, really, in my judo <laughs> career. So I think, but having that, we've been able to build a relationship and it's it's really nice. So every time, if I win or lose, he's the, he knows what to say. He knows how to make me feel better. And I think it's just really nice, especially recently when I've been winning um, some competitions, coming off there and sharing that experience with Jamie because he's got a lot to he's put all this hard work into all the girls really. But um, I just know that I owe him quite a lot for where I am today yeah you mentioned the no I love that. that's a great answer sorry I'm I've literally <laughs> something popped into my head as you're saying that so I'm brushing brush, brushing right past sorry <laughs> sorry Jamie um uh the the Livesies have been part of the club I didn't realize they were also SKK um yeah, have, you, yeah. have you always competed against each other because obviously Amy's yeah. still 63s I don't know if she's still going but yes certainly main so, rival for a long time yes yeah, so she was so we've always so me and becky are the same age and amy's a little bit older so we've always been since i started the club at eight they was at the club already um so we've always been with each other competing together and then i was when i was cadet i was 52s and then as i was going into junior amy was coming out of junior so we fought a few times but we more or less missed each other um, but then as we were going into 63s um, for like the Tokyo cycle, I think it didn't make the situation harder. It made it easier for us both because um, even though some competitions, Amy would do well and I'd be upset that I didn't do well, but I'd actually be really happy for Amy. Um, so I think it was, it's actually a nice situation for us. No, I love that. That's great. Um coming wrapping up now uh one last question i'm almost certain i've missed something off here but what what performance like it might be a single fight it might be an event what performance most represents uh like lucy renshaw your judo at its best what do you look back on and go do you know what that was me i was yeah i was good that day um, I think just gone in Antalya, um, my quarterfinal fight, I fought the Portuguese girl, Timo, and that's who I lost to in the final of Paris last year. Um, when I went out in Paris to fight her, uh, she just moved down from 70 kilos and she's a world silver medalist. So I knew she was um, going to be really a really tough fight and really good. She's a really top player. Um, and I just narrowly missed out in goals and score. So I knew next time I come off the mat and I said to Jamie, 
next time I definitely will be her. Like I know, I know I can be her. I know how to beat her. So I think then fighting her for the second time in Antalya, I there was like I was tunnel vision. Like I knew how to beat her. I knew what I was going to do. And then within the first minute, I caught her on the floor and I caught with like um, a move that I've been working on for a long time now on the floor. I'd say it's like my main move that I do, probably my only move that I do actually <laughs> on the floor. So I think coming off from that, I was I was really happy with my performance because it's shown that just from a few months earlier from Paris, how I've took that loss, I've learned from the loss and then I've turned it into a win. So I think that was really important for me, like seeing where I was in judo. I love that. And uh, yeah, now that's a, a, a great answer. And I love that it's so recent. And yeah. like it's a quarterfinal. I was wondering if you were going to say, you, you're obviously, again, a junior European champion, under 23 European yeah. champion. You've got a cadet European silver. Yeah. Um, but I do love that, yeah, quarterfinal in the middle of an event, a major event, but in the middle of an yeah. event, that's that's one you look back on and go, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with that. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Where can people find you if they want to find out a little bit more about you, about your, your journey uh, going forward towards Paris? Where can people find you? So I have a Facebook page, Lucy Rental Judo Athlete. And then over on my Instagram, Lucy Rental, I show loads of things about my training, training at the centre, um, all about the team and stuff like that. So yeah, there's some good things there. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Lucy, thank you so much for joining the show. I really appreciate no it. And uh, thank best you of for luck. having me. Nah, no worries. Uh, thank you for coming. Uh, May a swift return to the mat and i uh, hope you're back doing you. some stuff soon um, thank you very much guys that has been lucy renshaw absolutely delighted to get her on uh, the podcast um all the usual malarkey like subscribe blah 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 and yeah i'll catch you soon bye bye